Dave Katz studio, which is wonderfully right next to Oak Road. Mm-hmm. Fantastically. Oh, it's so, so nice for me. I love it. Two doors down. Yeah, it's like a hop, skip, and a jump away, depending <laughs> on my mood. <laughs> mm-hmm. I've got Lately, been. it's been easier to get there since there's no one around. Oh, yeah, I don't have to fight any crowds. <laughs> yeah, I don't have to yeah. fight any crowds anymore. Really, no the, crowd biggest, fighting. the biggest fight is a doorknob. You're just yep. like, oh, no. Do I, I touch gotta, it? I gotta touch it. Yeah. Uh, but I've got Ben over here. Hello. And I've got Brian. Hello. Oh, you guys have almost the same hello. It's adorable. Mm-hmm. It's so cute. We've known each other for so long, we're turning yeah. into each other. Yeah. <laughs> that would be interesting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. See if you can get one of those face morphs between the two of you. We can do that. See what face off like the movie. <laughs> what a classic piece of shit that was. <laughs> that was oh, a classic. Yeah, what do you mean? John Travolta and um, Nicolas Cage. Nicolas Cage, yeah. Yeah, he's the best. <laughs> Nicholas Cage, he's the best in leaving Las Vegas. If you ever watched that, that movie. was a good that movie. That is a good movie, but it's just so. What is it? Leaving Las, Las Vegas? Vegas? I've never heard of that. He this opening scene is the funniest. <laughs> he's in has a shopping cart in a, in a liquor store. He's just filling up with liquor, not wine, not beer. <laughs> it's just liquor. It's pretty depressing though. It he's is. A, he. It's a good nineties movie. Yeah, he loses oh. his wife and son, and oh. he just turns into an alcoholic. Moves to Las Las Vegas with all this money, and okay. Ends up dying. You kind of had me in the beginning, and then you yeah. lost me there at the end. Yeah, it's right. an interesting film. All right, maybe if I feel sad and it's no face off. It's no, yeah, it's not face off. <laughs> hard to be face off. Or what's the other cheesy ones he's done? Oh, uh, uh, the Rock Treasure. The Rock, yeah. National Treasure. National Treasure. Amazing. All three of them. <laughs> There's three Do you know of those. How disappointed I was when I found out that wasn't real. <laughs> wildly disappointed. That's oh, all right. Uh, like, you can still oh, believe. America's believe. amazing. I'm like, nah, fam. I'm like, oh, it's not that secretive. And you know, hidden. Santa's not real either. Mm-hmm. Well, who delivers my presents? Nobody. Nobody. Did You're you right. get any presents this last Christmas? <laughs> I've been waiting still. Uh, yeah. <laughs> this year, nobody's <laughs> getting presents because Santa's going to be banned too. <laughs> <That's right>. Unfortunately, <laughs> it's going to be so bad. Santa's going to be banned this year. He's going to learn how to VTC those. Yeah, he's going to. Here's what you could have had this year. Yeah, or learn how to sanitize them all. And make sure you don't get elf disease. <laughs> oh. <laughs> elf disease. Poor Santa. You just shrink down really yeah. small and you just got to feel like you need to make things. <laughs> okay. Hope this is all over so we can do 12 beers of Christmas this year. Yeah. We'll see. Oh, We're in for the long haul right now. I'm glad that I got this shirt that I got. Heck, we got to make sure we even can do our anniversary party this year. Right? Oh, wow. That's coming right around the corner, actually. Yeah. It is. And we could be closed still. We still could Shit. be closed. We'll at least be closed till June 1, it looks like, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah, I think Man. we've got another month of all this. Mm-hmm. Someone needs to just make Bubble Boy outfits <laughs> and like legitimately try and sell that to the public. Like, hey, you can go out and socialize. In the three foot radius. <laughs> Have you seen people walk around in those balls that yeah. you can get in? Probably. I haven't, I haven't seen it. Yet. I haven't actually seen I'm anyone sure somebody. Oh, yeah. I mean, not, I've seen it on the internet. Oh, okay. So it has to be true. Well, yeah. yeah. Well, I'm maybe. sure somebody's tried. I Don't definitely you? would. Shh. Of course I would. <laughs> That'd be so much fun. Roll down the street like a giant human hamster. You could literally run around Tanger because it's empty right now. You could. Just just giant outlet mall and you're just like a hamster just running around. (laughs) He probably could. Downtown, definitely Charleston, he could. Because there's nobody in downtown. It is. I've never seen it that empty. It's kind of creepy. It is. You walk around at night and it's like nobody on the street at like nine o'clock. Even we have triage outside now. 
and you sit out there and they're like eight o'clock at night. Quiet there's nobody too? and it's quiet. Eerily quiet. It's yes, eerily quiet. The only thing that's out is like possums, rats, cats, and they're like now's our time. <laughs> they're like we rule the night. That's so true, though. There's not even <laughs> drunk people around the bakery. No, there's no drunk there. people. Yeah. There's nothing. It's it, just weird. It's so nice for traffic. <laughs> yeah, well, I get to zip in, zip out. And that is true. The best thing is I made it downtown in thirty minutes instead of forty minutes. Yeah, it's nice. Jack came to visit, so I'm just going to rope him for a while. Have you seen that <laughs> commercial with the raccoons digging through people's trash? No. And they're like, it tastes like, they don't say shit, but this tastes <laughs> like shit. Try it. And they're like, no, I don't want to try it. No, but you have to. Oh, yes, I, I think I've heard a commercial. Or the Geico I think it's commercial. Geico, Geico yeah. has one that does that. Here, chase this. Dude, Geico has some great commercials. Oh, yeah. All right. Before we do another tangent. <laughs> no, we're good. We, yeah, we're talking yeah, about we're beer. Good. Yeah. We got to talk about beer. We're talking about beer. Not the coronavirus and all the other the nonsense. We could name a beer the Rona. Mm-hmm. You should name a beer the Rona. Wait, hold on. What's that song that is reminding My Sharona. Thank you. Similar like, I someone did help that me on here. Did Facebook, they already? Yeah. No. My Corona. That's creative. Mm-hmm. That's creative. It is. So these beers, Brian, do you have like... National treasure secrets of how no, you came up with all no of them. national treasure secrets. I don't think anybody has national treasure secrets. Yeah, but the style of national treasure. I want like give me your best Nick Cage. Let's talk about Dragon Board, like how it started, where it is now. Yeah. So most of the beers, and then this is probably I think true with most hijack. He's wandering around. Most breweries is really the biggest thing is it started with um, uh, the Jamil Zanishev book, his brewing classic styles. That's really where it all comes from. And then it's just kind of modified from there or adapted from there. And basically, he wrote a book with uh, Palmer, John Palmer. And they wrote a book on every... Jamil set out and did every beer style there was in the old BGC guidelines. And he did every beer and made it. And even some of them have a few different versions. That's kind of where I took everything from, is from that book alone. Is where it really started from. I've seen a book. It's ragged looking. Yeah, that book is beat up because I use it all the time, homebrewing. And that's really where all the all the recipes started, really. Man, you did every single one, huh? Yeah, pretty much all of them. Um, and then, uh, so jog, we can talk about Joggin' Board. Joggin' Board was the first one we came up with. Joggin' Board, Vienna Lager. And Joggin' Board is literally right out of Jamil's book. So it's okay. 90%, 95% Pilsner Malt and 5% Munich. And that's it. Comes out as an average of around eleven and a half Play-Doh, which is like forty-seven, ten forty-seven. I don't think my math is correct at this hour in the morning. I don't know what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, I know. Talk about the gravity, but okay. the gravity of that's the beer, the starting gravity. So how you get alcohol is starting gravity minus your final gravity is oh. a percentage there, basically, oh. or actually ending minus starting multiply. Hmm. You've seen him walk sure. around with that long flask and he's got a little thing floating in it. The hydrometer. I've seen him walk around. So we got to do old school <laughs> still. <laughs> old school hydrometer yeah. readings. Oh, okay. Like what everybody else does, pretty much. Unless you get the fancy gadgets. Oh, sorry, buddy. And um, so that's where that came from. And then the yeast. The hops. We use just magnum. Uh, a little bit magnum, just the bitter. That one's just a little bit of bitterness from the Magnum, but it basically came from the Jamil book. Um, there's also another book, and I can't remember if I have this one. There were, if you go to the Homebrewers or actually the Brewers Association, um, most authors wrote books about every style out there too, and there is one about German lagers and Hellas. 
didn't get that recipe from there. That recipe mostly came from the Jamil book. Okay. And then that's where that's where I got it. And then yeah, we just use some of the noble hops, and then we use uh, what's eight thirty eight or Southern German lager yeast, is what our house yeast is. Okay, okay. Doesn't like to come out of solution very well, but it's a good, pretty much standard yeast. I mean, it makes it a little harder to clarify. It doesn't clarify well. It likes to kind of hang out for a little bit. A lot of cold, a lot of cold, and it'll make it drop out. Oh, bye. Bye, Jack. <laughs> no, just like slowly, just slowly. Yeah, I'm just going to go lick in the toilet. <laughs> I got my pets. I'm out. <laughs> um, but that's where that beer came from. That was the, like one of the first, it was definitely one of the first beers. It was one of the first beers. The loggers took the hardest to kind of come up with and actually do just because Ooh, of the interesting. I mean, we did Laughing Weasel first. That was our very first beer. But Jogginbor had been like within top five. If yeah, it's not the second yeah, but one. It took like two or three. Even the Lager took like three or four. Hmm. So and even now it's just with yeast and all. It's been quite it's, perfected. Yeah, but the yeast can be finicky and it can change periodically, time to time, depending on which yeast pitch I use. He really likes what you're drinking. I don't think he needs an energy drink. <laughs> no, no, no. But um, yeah, for the most part, the recipe is the same time to time. And what we do is I usually brew. In the 10-barrel batch, the way our system's set up, we usually brew a, brew a low-gravity run and then a higher-gravity run to blend and get the starting gravity that I want. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Okay. Then we use the, as, most, as much capacity that our bar, uh, brew kettles have. Mm-hmm. It's just kind of so plain. It's like yeah. It's so, just so it's easier to do sacks of grain than like half or partial sacks of grain. It okay. just makes it brewing easier just on timeline if you just throw four sacks of grain of this, four of this, four of that. Or one of this, one of that, whatever. Just in that, it's not like homebrewing where, you know, I want to throw a little yeah. bit of this, a little bit of that. It's just easier on larger scale to just put, like, a certain amount of each in. And I think right. most brewers would agree with that. It's just in a larger scale, it's either just go sacks or half sacks and trying to do, like, a quarter sack, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. Because it's cost and other things. So Which it's easier just to do it that way. Something I didn't know when we first started doing this, because as a homebrewer, you know, you, you have, like, seven different grains in there all complex and all that and the first time i think maybe maybe may have been percy or somebody showed him and he's kind of laughed he's like we're not doing it this way <laughs> like what do you mean you're not gonna do it this way well, you changed my recipe yeah. for it and he had to explain it to me he's like you can't do that commercially it's yeah, not viable. Much. Yeah. You know? And, he, it, and I, I go okay i understand so <laughs> we'll, even, we'll even take this one up so if you wanted to even talk about complexity like bipolar yeah. Even any of some of those beers, even Heart of Winter. So let's do Bipolar if okay. we can get the complex. New Weizenbach. So it's just a Weizenbach now. So Bipolar, when I was brewing it at home, or if you brew most Belgian doubles, it could be like four or five grains. Mm. So you do like Pilsner and Munich blend as your base. Then you're adding uh, Special B, which is like a really mm, caramelly, super caramelly, like really super caramelly, toffee, raisin, mm. raisin bread type malt and then you're adding like I don't know either we I use caramunic caramunic yeah because caramunic comes real almost like like caramel it's more like car- a sweet caramel then it doesn't have the raisin and then you're adding a black malt to kind of color it if you want now you got Dang. five different malts and you're buying 55 pound sacks of each it, it can be pricey and then you have all this extra stuff left over because you're only going to use like two or three percent like, maybe yeah like Ooh, especially dark, special B yeah Special B is only like 5%. It's, so for that recipe, it's 
Five, Karen Munich, five, Special B, and then the rest is like 60-40 split of uh, 40% Munich, and then 60% wheat on that one now, I think. Or maybe it's 40-60 backwards. I don't remember. But anyways, it's the base is Munich. It's just basically Munich and um, wheat malt, and then a little bit of Chris, the two crystal malts, like Special B and the Karen Munich. But, you know, you're buying 55-pound sacks of it. Yeah. So it gets, you know, you think about it, it's, you know, 40 bucks a sack and you're only using 10 pounds and it sits around. So you really can't, it makes it difficult to do. So we'll just buy, I'll buy small, small, uh, like five pounds at a time from another place just to do it. But that beer, you know, that's where it gets complex and the logistics of it and the money of it. So now one beer that is really complex and that is easier to do is like a CCE. Okay. And that's easier because what I do is it's just all Pilsner Munich base malt. So I think 70-30 blend. And then um, it's like half a sack of Care Munich, half a sack of Thomas Fawcett Pale, and then like a little bit of black malt. But the thing is, what I do is that's one run. The second run, I'm using the other half of Care Munich, the other half of the um, Thomas Fawcett and you're putting them together. So we're building. So the whole recipe, the whole 10 barrels is, yeah, it's one bag of Karamunic, one bag of okay. Thomas Fawcett for a 10-barrel run, but each five-barrel run is a half of a sack. So that beer is complex, but it's manageable. Interesting. Because it has five malts in it. It has uh, Pilsner Munich, Thomas Fawcett Pale Chocolate, Karamunic, <laughs> and then Black Prince on top of it to color it to get it super black. And then coffee added too. So we had the coffee and fermenter mm-hmm. or bright tank. So, and that's hey. the most probably the most complicated recipe, but I keep the even numbers because it's 10 pounds of coffee. Well, so nice. it's just easier. <laughs> that's that all really easy. It's easy, but that's probably the most complex. And then, even harder winter, we did harder winter last year as an ale. It was like four malts, four or five malts. Yeah. And this year, it's like we just got to make it easier because it's just expense and so you're making a 11% beer, so I just reduced it to 60-40 Pilsner Munich, and I just colored it black with a little bit of black print. So we took something that was super complex, kept it complex by just dropping it down to three malts. Okay. So, That's a good. Which makes it, you know, those makes complex, it makes it efficient. Yeah, streamlining is definitely something you want to do. Streamlining. Just to make the... The product is still good. Yeah. So. Packs a punch. Because if it wouldn't, yeah. we wouldn't do it. Right. So, and really, even the complex beers probably could be simplified even more because it's really all about the fermentation. So, really, that's probably the number one area that causes issues mm. is fermentation. fermentation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, when we dump a beer, it's because something happened in fermentation. Oh. So, fermentation is, yeah, is your biggest, probably the biggest step there that's going to make the biggest impact, I think, especially commercially, I would I would assume for most people, other than if they're getting flavor profile, unless you're doing hoppy beers and you know, you're getting a one up certain flavor profile. But still, I think the biggest thing is fermentation because we even, there's even some data out there that shows that fermentation can actually change the way the beer is presented, like mm-hmm. the New England IPAs. So, a lot of hopping goes during fermentation. Hmm. Actually, and that interaction between yeast and hops is just something new that it creates all these different flavor profiles. And cloudiness. And cloudiness. Huh. So. More the Weissen is very temperature sensitive. We had to do a yeah, couple runs of that. Yeah, half a Weissen. Yeah, half a Weissen. Yeah, so 
when you talk about complex beers, even Hefeweizen just being two malts, wheat and Munich, it's all about the yeast. And that yeast is very... Finicky? Yeah, well, it's just, yeah, it's uh, whatever oxygen, temperature, and pitch rate you use and time will alter the flavor of that beer, literally. Weird. Mm-hmm. That's quite a challenge. It, yeah. <laughs> And that's where I think the challenge is, is mostly fermentation, not recipe, recipe development. Recipes can be huh. simple and not, don't have to be. And you, yeah, it could be a two malt recipe, but you still yeah. have fermentation challenges. Mm-hmm. Okay. And you, even the yeast that you use can make it even more complex. Mm-hmm. Because mm. even different ale yeast, different lager yeast, they all work just a little different. Got to find their sweet spot, what you're looking for. Yeah. So. It could be flocculation. It can be how much they put out, you know, DMS or how much sulfur they put out. Biggest thing with the lager yeast is like DMS and sulfur. And DMS is dimethyl sulfide, which is in Pilsner malt anyways, which is there present. And it, it's it usually kind of like, for lack of better terms, blows off or is evaporated during boiling. But once you stop your boil, it still is produced due to chemical reactions because of heat. And it's really scrubbing that out and then the other thing is with fermentation it's um if you don't ferment well you definitely get diacetyl and then you can also get uh sulfur and then you can also get green apple flavors on and that's where bud that's why bud light tastes like green apple it's just a fermentation that that lager that yeast puts is that a thing out. yeah i didn't i've Try never bud light. Uh, the problem it. is and, and i will i will give this to, to them is if you can't keep bud light <laughs> Can't keep anything warm because I heard uh, someone at work told me the other day there was a bunch of craft beer that from a local brewery. There was like a pallet of it, and that's a lot of six packs sitting out at Ooh. a grocery store. And I and I know right now people need to get rid of product because we're probably or we're probably all going to end up dumping a lot because it's going to go bad. But I can't imagine that beer sitting out of Harris yeah, Teeter with it even being in the mid sixties. The de- degradation that's going to occur. Oh yeah. So so the Bud Light. I don't know if it's just fermentation they, or that. But at least it, they pasteurize. True. Yep, they do. We don't. Most mm. crap. A lot of craft breweries don't. So hmm. pasteurization is just like milk. Okay. Yeah. You pasteurize milk. You take you flat. Bring it up to a hot point. Drop it down. Take it up to a hot point. Drop it down again. Then that kills all spores. Okay. Because oh. spores won't get killed by just one run of heat. We just heat it up real quick and drop it down. Depends on your process. What everyone does is different. Hmm. But heat, you know, that heat processing and pasteurization can still cause some destabilization of the product. And then, of course, everyone knows, I mean, if you leave anything out in the heat, it's going to go bad. Yeah. You take beer, milk. I mean, milk spoils in the heat. Why wouldn't beer? You know, it's going to happen. So People. you got to be got to be careful of that and... You know, those kind of things happen. So, but yeah, that's our complex, really. The complex beers, two, you know, two of them, one is the CCE, the ones that have the complex malt grain. But I'd say the hardest ones to do are the complex ones or the ones that use the Hefeweizen yeast because it's so difficult. So, but the bipolar this time, I was actually surprised. It came out like old bipolar, which doesn't surprise me because that those yeasts are very Pretty similar, similar. In, in genetic material. And where they probably originated from. That's one of the beers that, when we shifted to doing all German style beers and German ingredients. Oh, party foul! You he can just stuck. throw that anywhere. Um, Where's Jack when you need him? <laughs> that's the one that actually stayed relatively close to the same. Yeah, which was surprising. Well, it's not surprising because of that yeast and all the different fruity flavors it puts out. It's just a little more banana than I would say cherry. Yeah, but it still tastes pretty much the same. 
or dark fruit or anything like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we had a party foul. Yeah, Caleb spilled, Caleb his, spilled, spilled his, his drink. drink, his energy drink. We don't have any up here. Yeah, you. That's all right. <laughs> we'll, we'll clean it up. We'll clean it up. Do you just want to leave it here? Yeah. Mm. yeah you, you two can talk. I'll go get one. <laughs> all right. It, it's not like it's a red fruit punch. Oh, I know. Which it's is good. super clear. You can't even just, like, see it. <laughs> but you guys are not wrong. I deserve that party foul. And then uh, the other beers that we do, so we can go back to... Uh, Vienna is also from the Jamil Santa Chef book. I've done it two ways. I've done it with all Vienna malt, and then I've done it with a little bit of Black Prince, and then I've done it what we do now, which is a little probably a little more complex, but it's not really. It's just fifty percent Vienna, hmm. and then a blend. The rest is just twenty five percent Pilsner malt, twenty five percent Munich malt, and then German hops. A little bit up front, a little bit at the end to boil, and then just the same lager yeast. Okay. And get that amber kind of color. And then using some black malt just to kind of color it up and change the shades. So, What about your uh, Berliner Weiss? So the Berliner Weiss is... that you know, what, That's easy. It's a, a simple recipe. It's just all white wheat. Oh. Clearly all white wheat. And maybe a little bit of Pilsner just to kind of help out. But I've been doing it just like all white wheat. When we do it in one barrel run, I'll just do a 55-pound sack of white wheat, run it all off, oh. boil it down for 30 minutes, and then run it into a fermenter, keep it at like 100 degrees or try to. And then the lactobacillus strain we're using actually will ferment out down as low as 60 degrees, but it really slows down its fermentation speed at anything under 90. Hmm. And I get that from Omega Yeast, and that's a blend. And um, that and that once it sours out or well, it gets real tart and soury, we'll call a cold crash it, try to pull all the lactobacillus off, and then reboil it, add a little bit of hops, and just boil it for thirty minutes. Put it back in the fermenter, and then ferment it out with our regular uh, lager yeast. So that's just a complex one just because of all the steps are involved. Yeah. Because it's two fermentations. It's a primary fermentation with just a souring agent, and it's a secondary fermentation with our lager yeast to get that flavor profile. There's always more variables to these. Yeah, and a lot of lactobacillus are uh, sensitive to hop oils, so you got to be careful. You can't put a lot of hops in those beers initially. So Hmm. that's why I just boil it down. Boil it for 20 minutes just to make it sterile. Put it in the fermenter so I know I'm only getting, I'm getting sterile wort. And then add lactobacillus and let that take over because that'll drop the pH and usually disrupt any any other yeast from growing. And then from there, then arrest fermentation by dropping the temperature down and boiling it. Because even though you drop the temperature down, pull a bunch of the yeast out, there's still going to be yeast in there. And if you boil it, that way you kill off all the yeast. There's nothing left. And then just referment with another strain. Oh. Did I miss anything? I'm There's just... multiple ways you can do Berliner Weiss. There's, you know, people do yeah. kettle souring where you just take the wort, leave it in a kettle overnight. It stinks. At temperature and, you know, pump CO2 in that kettle and then sour it that way. You can sour it right from grains. You know, there's multiple ways you can do it. That just, to hmm. me, seems to work the best. It's probably the most complicated way of doing it. The way that you do it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> just because back and forth, back and forth, it's not, not Sorry. easy. I see what you're saying. So you got to be careful to make sure you keep all that strain from getting everywhere else. 
Talking about uh, the Berliner Weiss? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he asked about the Berliner Weiss. Yep. So, oh, we so that was do, complicated uh, just in that. Are we going to do any of these coming up? Yeah, I'd like to. I mean, it just depends how long this... How long it lasts? How long yeah, the corona? How long, how long the corona lasts? There is a cool mm. yeast that's out by Fermentis now. I think it's Fermentis. I can't remember who does it. It's actually a GMO yeast that's been designed to produce lacto, I think, lacto, lactodehydrogenase it has in it. So it produces a lot of lactic acid during fermentation. So it actually sours as it ferments oh, due to its... Interesting. Mm-hmm. Design. Huh. So there's a lot of stuff like that coming out. Which well, is really interesting. It's living organism. What does that do in your brain? Like when you see something like that, like what can you do with that? What what makes that different? Well, it's if easier because you, you just use one strain of yeast and you can just use it to make your sour beers. So you wouldn't have to take it back and forth. Yeah, on. and so you wouldn't have to do primary and secondary. Efficient. It'd be more efficient. Okay. It would just be like a regular okay. fermentation. I didn't know if it would change like a flavor profile or... Well, it could. Well, it could because every yeast... You know, the lactic acid that you get could be a little different. Okay. Interesting. Depending on the yeast and what it's fermenting. It seems to be different to me. Especially so, with wild yeast. Right. Wild yeast are a whole other gamut. Bretomyces. That's a whole other gamut. There's way more breweries that do that that are better. There would be better than that than us. I just don't know. Like, Russian River would probably be your first one you need to go see since Vinny does a ton of that say Russian what Russian, Russian River. rivers in California in California and then he's on the sour who's on the sour hour podcast they're out of uh, California too they do a lot and uh, New Belgian does a ton now um, but they would be your big ones and then um, of course Crooked Stave and yeah. uh, what's the one in Michigan Pumpkin Jolly Pumpkin Jolly Pumpkin Jelly Pumpkin? Jolly. Jolly. J O L L, not J E L L. Jolly Pumpkin. They do like all wild fermentation. Wow. That's totally different. I know. Style. I feel like you're just going out there, just, all right, guys, we're going to jump on something and just ride it out, see what happens. Uh, what's the uh, Jester King in Austin? No, and Jester King in Austin does all sours, yeah, I know, too. Birdfly South does a lot of sour beers, too. I'm not sure if they do wild Bird fermentation. Flies, yeah, Birdfly South here in South I do know Carolina. Them. Yeah. So they do a lot of wild fermentation, so which is not something we just do. We just all do the German beers, and but the Germans who have that sour beer, they have Goza and they have Berliner Weiss. Okay, so you the only th- Goza? No, the only difference in Goza is it uses uh, salt and coriander. coriander. Oh, it's from Leipzig. What's it's the from what? pinkest famous or horses? You know the Leipzig horses? Uh uh-uh. uh white stallions that dance. Never seen them. I only, like on I yeah, only on acid. Only on acid. I can't remember what they're... Oh, I think man. it's Leipzig, and I can't remember the horses. These restrictions are getting better. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you learn stuff. Yeah, you're learning. <laughs> you learned it. Forced to learn. Forced to learn. <laughs> or you're just binge-watching like everybody else on Netflix and eating Twinkies, Doritos, Is, and stealing all the toilet paper. <laughs> oh. Isn't there like a sour alt beer or something in Germany? Oh, and then, yeah, there's really? a, yeah, a Munster alt. That's it. Which is a lighter which, which color. done. Yeah, lighter color alt Ooh. beer, mm-hmm. and it's just soured. So it's more like an orange. Light you know what's one I liked? It's out of our wheelhouse now, but the Kvass. Oh, the Kvass was good, too. That's that was a sour beer. That's a Russian sour beer. Yeah, in East Germany. Huh. The, or East Eastern uh, Bloc. Yeah. Well, it would be more like Latvia, Estonia, that... Those countries. <laughs> so it's basically dark bread and br- 
flour yeast is what they'd use. They probably use wild uh, yeast. Interesting. And they'd let it soak and sour and then can it. That one and the um, the one tasted like smoked sausage. The, Poli- the oh. Polish beer, and I can't remember what it was called. Kratzky. Yeah. Those, are, those are two weird beers that were made. They were both, they were good. Was totally unexpected. Yeah, I the smoked one was it tasted uh, like like pull of sausage. Yeah, we could do we could do another smoked beer, but I don't know if it would that go would over well. So strange. Um, there's a whole area in, uh, in Germany, Germany that's all they do is smoke beer. Rush beer. I'm trying to come up with what I have had, and they do. I uh, can't beer. remember the name of the brewery because I've had it. They have a smoked Weissenbach. They do a regular rock beer. Uh, they do a Hellas rock beer too. But no one in no one around here does that. Uh, we've done it. Uh, Westbrook's we've done, done it. it. Westbrook's done it. Westbrook's done it. Uh, I think Holy City's done one. Mm-hmm. Oh, shit. It's great. I mean, it's uh, great. Coast did one, too, because they had Lewis Barbecue, and he was in Austin under a different name, smoke all the malt for him. Yeah. They literally smoke the malt. They put it in a smoker. And I was just about to ask you yeah. that. That would be cool, something cool to do. Yeah. And do a, if we're going to do a rock beer, do oh. it that way. Get yeah, like we can ask Jenna James. Jenna James to yeah, smoke some awesome. malt and do a small batch. Mm-hmm. Hey, that sounds fantastic. So, like yeah, I like that's a good local idea. smoked rock beer. Mm-hmm. Get in my belly. <laughs> <laughs> Only a little bit. I think a little bit. but It's the, bold. Yeah, because it can be bold. Like we didn't use a lot beer, in the Gretzky. German, no. the Gretzky, whatever, how you say the it. The German... Rock beers are like 100% rock malt. Mm. And that to me, it's all Beechwood. Beechwood smoked. Is it? Mm-hmm. So. Okay. They're very... Smoky. Phenolic and spicy. And like I robust. mean, a lot of them will taste like... Yeah, they're... Well, not like robust. I think robust of like something it's big bold. and bold and rich. Yeah. It's more like... Uh, Man, it's really like licking an ashtray sometimes, and I don't want to say it that Drinking way. Drinking a campfire. It's, it's like it's like if you're that's sitting at the feeling. campfire and the <laughs> yeah. wind changes and it blows in your face. That's what it can be like. Okay. It could be like just makes you like feel really pretty. smoky and phenolic and spicy. But they're good. I, I think and uh, rock boys thing. are good, but rock beer, yeah, small. Yeah. Small, like the rock uh, box good, but like just a little bit. Wild stuff. Mm-hmm. But yeah, whole town in Germany, that's all they do. Mm-hmm. Which one of our beers has, uh, has changed the most over the years? I was going to say Contra. Probably. Contra just because the hops. Yeah. Hops are just such an issue. The base recipe has been the same. It's is always it? 75, 25, Pilsner, Munich. It's just the hops are the always hop. hard to get a hold of. Mm. So. Because it's gone it from. Changed? Yeah, okay. Well, it's just the different blends of Centennial Cascade and Amarillo and Citra. And when we put them in, now, I mean, we didn't, um, now he does hot bursting, which he puts it all in at the end. Mm-hmm. Oh. <clears throat> Back in the, the day, he put them in throughout different stages of the boil, which I guess you could say is more traditional. Um, but we were getting just horrible, bitter beer. Yeah. Oh. That way. Okay. One of them was, that was the biggest. I would say biggest process change was the IPLs. Yeah. Well, IPA, we did them initially. Just because they did, they came out really bitter and nasty. Hmm. That's and like um, changing the process up is where we got it today. Dogfish head, when you had their sixty minute, or ninety minute, or one hundred twenty minute IPLs or IPAs, that that number signifies. Correct if I'm wrong. They have they do a continual hop. They do. So, so Sam made some invention. No, when they started, do you, start. do you remember the old um, hockey boards that you turned on and vibrated yeah, 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 and you right, put yeah. the players down? They all like yep. did their thing. That's what he used. 
He actually used the hockey board so thing. Hops yeah. are just, and the hops are just sprinkling every minute. Yep. Throughout the whole <laughs> boil. <laughs> but now, I mean, now it's all like time it. released and yeah. automated. Yeah. But that's that's where that concept came up. I didn't do that. it all mm-hmm. the day. Yeah. Because the longer you boil the hops, the more bitter you get. Where the least amount of time you bitter them, you seem to get much more of the flavor, flavor. profile, okay. not the bitterness. So if you throw them at the end, that makes mm-hmm. them okay. Mm-hmm. Interesting. You know, I've always wondered about the minute thing, but not enough to actually look into it. Then now you know. <laughs> now you know. Now I you're learning all kinds of shit in, yeah. in the Rona. Now yeah. I know why I don't like those. So West Coast, West Coast are very, very end of boil. You're right. They do a lot of that. West That's Coast I, IPAs are like lots of hops in the dry hop. Yeah. You know, they might do like two or three rounds of dry hopping in the ferment in the fermenter, and they a lot of end of boil hopping. Lots of oil, lots of heavy duty hopping at the end. Now they even have things like hop oils and stuff you can use, which are what nice. What do you mean? It's like a, so it's CO two extracted. You take it under pressure and liquid CO two, and you extract all the oil out of the hops. So that way you get all the oils and none of the vegetable matter. Wow. Oh. Because hops are just basically plants. There's only there's lupulin glands. If you look at a hop plant on the bottom, those little yellow glands are where all the oil is. Hmm. So when you pelletize them, you know, make them into little rabbit foods, mm-hmm. you do break up some of those glands, but you still get vegetable matter in there. It's not straight. This is literally just under CO2 vacuum and I want to say liquid. I don't know the whole process. And pressure, and you extract all the oil out of the hops, out of oh. the glands. Okay. So that way you're just getting oil. Well, that's pretty use. neat. Mm-hmm. Yep. Seems like you use it to better. Good advance. And someone else is making a water-based version. So, uh, okay, <laughs> it's good for dry hopping if you think about it, because yeah. dry hopping is a pain in the butt. Because all you do is get hops in your beer. Yeah, you see floaties just, in there. Just oh, it takes people freak forever. out if they see floaties. I think if you, they open a can and pour it into a glass and they see floaties, it's well, not. It's like hard a, when you don't filter. Like a lot of those places filter. I can't imagine. Yeah drug cold crash in that and then moving it to another tank and then trying to filter out all that stuff with the loss. That does not sound fun to me. No. No. Not at all. And when you filter, you lose some of that hop aromas and flavors. Oh, that's yeah. not good either then. Huh. It's not. It's a tricky process. It really it's is. There's a lot of vegetable matter it that makes... comes in hopping. And if you want to wet hop, you can just go ahead and kick yourself in a dick all day. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love doing that. It's <laughs> <That's> a favorite <laughs> hobby. Well, no, what happens is that you take fresh hops and you put them in your boil. But it's like a four to one ratio. So And they get stuck. And for every <laughs> one pound of uh, pelletage, you need like four pounds of whole cones. And don't quote me on that because we've never done it and I really haven't looked into it. But oh, no. it's a lot of hop. Is there a benefit to doing it that way? Uh, I think it's just different flavor profile. <laughs> okay. I mean, think about it. I don't know if they do use wet hops anymore, but uh, think of Celebration. They get Chinook Cascade and Centennial, and they get it right as it came off the vine. Mm. So it's fresh. And I, I'm assuming they pellet. I don't know their Sears process, but like that beer is a good example of a super fresh hop. Deschutes they has take, one called Fresh Squeezed. Yeah, and Which I know is, is, wet hop is wet hopped. And they literally take the trucks out to the farm, get the hops, bring them back, and like boil and brew that day that they get the hops. That is nuts. Yep. They get fresher than but that. But they're right there, and where 80% of the world hop come from are yeah. Yeah. a large percentage. Uh, ben Portland, and they're right near <clears throat> Yakima Valley in that area. 
So they can send a truck out overnight, you know, and get it in a day yeah. and do that. And I think Sierra's done it. A few other people out on the West Coast have done it, too. I mean, so. definitely you would if you're over there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Makes it, you know, it's easier when you're close to the origin. Yeah. It makes the beer very, it makes it more... Uh, Unique? Whole, Unique. in my opinion. Yeah, I guess. You know, it makes me appreciate it more. I'm like, no, that's not just, like, a beer. I'm like, there's a lot that went into making that yeah. thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, oh, my gosh. No, oh, yeah. It was way more than just following a recipe. No. no. I mean, if it's just a man, manpower alone. Yeah. For us, some breweries automated. It's not that well, intensive. it's automated. But... It's a little bit easier. I mean, that makes... This is the point of automating things i believe (laughs) yes just to make things easier and better consistency yeah that's the biggest thing that's what lab work and all that does makes things more consistent yeah so you don't have so many variations you keep your variations in a tighter realm instead of us where our variations could probably be a little bit off but i don't think we're any different than anybody else yeah unless you have a full lab one day I know what I'm, what I'm getting when I walk up there and look at the list. <laughs> I know what that's going to taste like. I know what that's going to taste like. Well, that's what people want when it yeah. comes down to like exactly. recipes. It's not new. just a recipe. It's just making sure it's tasting the same every time. Right. That's good. So, and it's always, that's the hardest part. That's where fermentation and all the process comes in. That's really the hardest part. I think, don't think people realize. I didn't. That's where it's difficult. It's not necessarily the recipe. That's just like throwing grains and making oatmeal. That's, yeah. I think, the easier part. There's a lot that you can do in there, though. pH, time, temperature, all that makes differences on your ability to ferment out. <clears throat> and then your boil, you know, time, temperature, all that can make a difference. But the biggest thing is that fermentation. Hmm. Making sure you have enough calcium for the yeast to drop out and ferment well. Making sure, you know, using clarifying agents or filtering to make it clear and proper time temperature ph and all that for good good fermentation a lot of science gets difficult it is a lot of science Mm -hmm. i don't think people understand how much science is in food which really just get you like a lab coat (laughs) (laughs) well i mean but think about i mean wine's no different uh alcohol is no different yeah I, i believe that I mean, alcohol, when they're distilling it, it's the cut, and you want to get the right cut to get the smoothness and how long you age it and things like that. It's not. Hell, I think Jack Daniels only uses their barrels once. Yeah, well, they're only allowed to for American whiskey. Mm-hmm. It has to be new charred barrels every time. Can oh, you imagine every two that. to three years having to change all your barrels? I think, I know. Uh, yeah, that's just and Bacardi, managing all those buys barrels. Them and uses them for their rum. If I'm yeah, because rum, dark rum can be used. It doesn't matter how many times mm. you use the barrels. Yeah, it's just the biggest them. thing is you got to keep them clean and make sure you don't get contaminated. Yeah, I feel like that would be a pain. But I would assume with 80%, you know, most of that still <laughs> rum is 100%. Almost. The proofing was going to kill anything in those 121, barrels. 121, Bacardi. But Heck yeah, yeah, man. And in wine's the same way. Mm. And in wine, you only do it once a year. Because grapes, you know, can think about it. Can they reuse barrels? They can, they yeah. do. You just like I said, you got to be a little more careful. You got to be. They got to be. I'm sure they're. They got to be super careful with cross contamination, mm-hmm. and making sure if they get a bad barrel to take it out and destroy it and not leave it in the barrel aging area because I'm sure it'll just cross infect everything. Right. <laughs> I just envisioned them. It's a lot of microbiology, a, like a uh, Darth Vader. Mm-hmm. Palette of wood and like burning the barrel. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, the music exactly. playing in the background. <laughs> playing in the background. <laughs> Like, destroy it. So, I mean, 
even you would think even with higher alcohol, you could still get, you know, different bugs that want to grow at that. In that. Mother in that, Nature will find a way. In the final way. Yeah, nature will find a way. As we are learning so, right now. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so, I mean, if you want to think about it, yogurt, cottage cheese, cheese production, there's so much is science kombucha. and all of it, actually. Kombucha. Yeah. Kombucha is a lot of science because the, oh, yeah. the SCOBY is basically four or five different organisms that grow on the green tea. Use the sugar. Yeah. Weird. So you got to be careful, making sure you is don't have enough Is that what's made alcohol. with green tea? Uh, Coastal's is. Coastal, you can, okay, but you can use any tea. You can oh. use any tea. Yeah, you could use any tea. Oh, okay. It's mostly it's like a sugar tea base for kombucha. Yeah. And, and that's what you do. Sometimes it was like ginger and... And then you can add different like spices. And, and fruit and stuff. And fruit and things like that. Hmm. You just got to be Every careful. Every time I go to the teats, I always get one because... The teats? I got some <laughs> delicious kombucha there. What's your favorite kombucha? I'm trying to remember. Uh, Health Aid, I think, is what Health it's called. Aid. It's like a. I think it's brown funny they cylinder. Stay, I think it's, it's like f- this big. Yeah, I know what you're talking. About. I think it's funny they sell kombucha as Health Aid. Why? Because beer has the same crap in it. <laughs> yeah, and that's also healthy. <laughs> totally. I Nothing make sure beer. I get beer, fermented just beer, just as good. much, <laughs> if not more, than I drink kombucha. So you know. I'm covering all my bases, Brian. Yeah. <laughs> Kombucha companies got in trouble because they were producing stuff that was greater than 0.05 percent. It's alcoholic. They had told yeah, it, it they yes. had some, because it's some were told based. to get their get their drawers in shape or go get your license. Yeah, well, we, was, we had to put it when I worked at Coastal. We had to put some kind of like disclaimer, I think, at some point. Oh, we I won't, I made a label with the hope of like actually putting it in bottles, and I did think I had to put like a warning does contain like X amount of alcohol but less than this mm-hmm. amount. Yeah. So you know get a little get a little buzz from your kombucha. Mm-hmm. Health aid. Health aid. Health aid <laughs> with alcohol. Okay, shaman. <laughs> Wait, what'd you just call me? Shaman. Is that bad? Just like an actual shaman or is that a reference to something that I don't get? No, you're okay. confusing just, me. Just a shaman. Okay, dude, you throw some like uh, references <laughs> to movies and things that go way over my head. And I'm just over here laughing and just playing along. Like, yeah, I know what you're talking about. <laughs> shaman or witch doctor. Yeah, but I do actually know what a shaman is, so that's cool. <laughs> I didn't think kombucha fell in the realm of shamanism. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Did a little, a little whistle there. All right, so... But anyways, and then another thing to make our recipe simple is we use the same kind of uh, maltster. Like all our stuff is mm-hmm. best malts out of Germany. They're out of uh, Heidelberg. Heidelberg. Mm-hmm. Been there. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's two big German malt companies. I've never been to Heidelberg. Oh. Two big German malt companies. There's best malts and then there's uh, Weirman. I don't remember gonna, where Weirman is. I was going to say you guys should take a field oh. trip over there, but... Maybe later. I don't know if I'm... Yeah, I been think to, I've been to Germany twice, but Uh-oh. this was 90, 92. Mm. Well, hey, at least you've been. Mm-hmm. Germany's very nice. Pretty I'd, country. I'd go. Mm-hmm. Europe's nice. Not not traveling right now to Europe yeah, is no. not fun, but oh, you no. can't even get into Europe now. You can barely just go to a city down. No. <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, in South Carolina, you're not supposed to, <laughs> if you've been out of state. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, that only makes sense. It does. Yeah, but they're not... Yeah. They're not paying attention. I mean, we're not. humans, of course not. We know we're Americans. More. We do our Americans. own thing. That's even more to the point. 
So then um, all our hops are basically German hops. Yep. So keeps the yeah. recipe simple. And on brand. And yep. on brand. Which is the only one that's not is the Contra. True. But we kind of did that IPL branding thing. Which other breweries are doing? We use American hops in it. We use American hops in it. That's because we have them. And people have an expectation for it. Yeah. You can't get rid but of we've Contra. But I think well, every I other... Know. We did... Um, uh, what was the beer we did for our anniversary that went over really well? Truth and Honesty. Oh, uh, Truth and Honesty. And that yep. was all German hops. Yep. I'll say every RPL we've done, aside from Contra, has been German hops. Mm-hmm. Hmm. So I don't remember that one. Because we're going to do the... Um, we're going to do the... We can talk about these recipes. These are fun. We're going to do the May the 4th beers, just so we have something, something out for next month, because we're pretty much expecting this to go out until June. Yeah. And um, the Imperialist... Um, Rye. No, Rebel Rye. Rebel Rye, and I'm going to use Laurel Hops because we have a bunch of it. So that won't be German hops. But usually I would use like uh, the German Mandarina or Whole Melon, one of those in it. Um, we've used Citra in the past, but I'll use Laurel. But even the Imperialist um, Black Pilsner, we did. Um, I did a ton of Saz and Hallertal. It was all German, German hops. I mean, hopped big time, too. Mm-hmm. Okay. I don't look into that. People like that one. Yeah, yeah. of course. We got to do it for May the Fourth. We got to keep something fresh, right? That'd be fun. I'll be and there. Hopefully, we can do our anniversary <laughs> beer, and hopefully, we can do Somerville Lager. Someone, I don't know. Someone's asking about that yesterday. Yeah, I know. We're gonna have to try to squeeze that in. I don't know how we're gonna squeeze it all in with everything that's going on. Do yeah, a lot no of kidding. five barrel runs just so we can keep some of that beer going. I do love that beer though. Somerville mm-hmm. Lager. Yeah. yeah, it's quite good. Osfar's my favorite right now. Yep. Oh, you know, that and it's very refreshing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Chuck Pilsner. Mm-hmm. Yep. So and the Chuck Pilsner. Mm. Making me thirsty now. Mm-hmm. I know. Well, it's about that time for beer. Yeah, it is. Then it's almost about that time. Yeah, it is. It's been an hour. Yeah, You've been an hour already. Yep. Yeah. Unless there's you know, have anything else you want to throw out? No. There? Stay no, safe. <laughs> stay safe. Yeah. No. We're still open for to go. Yep, I know it's tough, and I know people would rather be there and be able to do stuff. But speaking of to go, you guys are doing more than just your regular uh, beers and six packs, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. we're canning everything. Yeah, except for the, the um, nitro beer, but we're looking into maybe shift that over to yeah, because CO two, so gonna, we can can it. Yep, so we can have more variety. Yep. out. cool. That's awesome. I love when I saw that. Yeah, we got mm. crowler labels, basically twelve ounce crowler labels, and we're just crowlering everything. Yeah. So it's because 32 ounce do. cans you can't get anymore. Nope. Um, hopefully they'll be back tomorrow. Whoa, I did not think. Yeah, they're sold. Well, everyone because yeah. everyone's Same going reason. to packaging. Yeah, right there's 8,000 like breweries in the country, and we all went, we're all under the same orders essentially. Shit. So nothing. I mean, nothing's that. open. I mean, even Sarah, Sierra Nevada was closed for almost two weeks in mm-hmm. North Carolina. Ooh. Yeah, I can't imagine eating that bill. I know. <sighs> oh boy. I'm thinking our small scale is tough, and then some people are going to eat a lot, which is a, which is sad. So. I have to think about some of the, if you think about some different stages some breweries might be in, mm-hmm. you know, maybe it's a new brewery and they're under construction right now and, you know, they might be okay, but I'd be worried what's it going to be like after. Yeah. You know, you know this is going to change things. It will, uh, but. Hopefully people bounce right back and get back into it. Yeah. One It'd be thing. nice to be open again to have our people yep. there and the food trucks back and, so which think, we do have the food trucks, but I know they're getting frustrated because it's hard. It is. And it's really hard right now. So, but. One we'll thing that's been we'll make it through. steady and constant with, oh, with my phone keeps going off. Human Sorry. history is that we all love to drink alcohol. 
Yes. So I think it's a good sign whenever we can go back out that the bars and breweries are going to be pretty heavily visited. And we've tried mm-hmm. to do what we can to connect with our customers. Definitely. You know, uh, Aaron's done a great job at making bingo virtual. Yeah. So that's kind of growing pretty good. She's talking about doing uh, like virtual happy hours now on Fridays. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we we'll put the that. Zoom on and people can log on to Zoom and hang out with us, you know, for an hour or two or on Fridays. Okay. You know, just trying to, you know, everyone's cooped up at home and they trying want a sense of community. They want to, you know, that's what they come to the brewery for mm-hmm. is to, to hang out. So we do what we can. Some kind of like a engaging like interaction yep. and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's cool. You got to think outside the box. That's where we're at with this right now. Just, well, it's just anyway. there's opportunities here. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of people who are going to come away from this and and uh, have a whole new career. Or, you know, we've been canning for like a year now. Um, <clears throat> now people know it. Yeah. Because you know, that's all we can do. That's a good point. So yeah. there's a lot of positives that'll come to this. It's been a nice learning experience. Mm-hmm. It's been really really wild so mm-hmm. far, but. I am excited to see how it's going to like spark new ideas and see where, yeah. mm-hmm. where yep. it can lead us. So that's exciting. New industries that are going to come from this. Hell so, yeah. yeah. Cool. Right, right on. Well, I'm glad we finally got to sit down and yeah. all this craziness. It was nice. Cool. We'll see each other in a couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'll see you. Do it again. Probably you very soon, Brian. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm going to head back to the brewery tip this afternoon. Yeah, I'll be Bingo. there later this afternoon, too. <laughs> <laughs> and then I got to work in the week. And then. Yeah. I'll be there the rest of the time. I get a day off tomorrow, so I'm super excited for that. <laughs> Excellent. We'll see. Right. We'll see how long it progresses around here. Hopefully, it won't get too bad. Oh, yeah. I'm happy for a day off now, but yeah. I don't want Hey, how'd you like the, uh, the Eichel and the Leaf idea? Oh, I You can be it. honest. No, I do. I really do like it. I just... Okay. Because just I'm curious. working at the bakery I know, so much, I have like three hours I, of time I can do things, which is... That stinks. Yeah, it does. It's not, I mean, hey, it's I, nice having a job. I don't have too many things to work on, but mm-hmm. I'm behind on the few things that I have to work on. It's very like, I know you're going to get through us. Don't worry. Yeah. But I like the Eichel thing. It's awesome. Yeah, I was going to work on that today, it. actually. That's all your brainchild, so. It's fun I hope we're doing it. I hope we're doing it justice. Better than all the other characters I've come up with. Okay, cool. Does that make sense? Yep. It's yeah. like what I wanted Eichel to be. So it's super exciting to see it happen. Just got to get him on like a t-shirt or something. Yeah, totally. Sticker or something. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. All right. Cool. <laughs> Peace. All right. See, see you all later. later. Mm-hmm.